all that we know is that she was feral, um, that she was paired up with another dog in hot springs, but they were wild and, you know, on their own. I don't know exactly how long she was feral, but she was, I mean, when we got her and she had already been fostered for a few months and had gained weight and she was still considerably underweight when we got her and she was terrified of men. And now she seeks Dawn out. Welcome back to Telltale Dog, the podcast. I'm your host, certified dog trainer, Elizabeth Silverstein, and I have with me Renee Harding, who has three dogs, and we've been working together for about a year. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Doing all right. So you've got a full house over there. How many dogs do you have? We have three. And what are their ages? The youngest is two so it's two, two and a half, and three and a half. What are their names? Bob, Bonnie, and Diesel. All of them were named by the people that we got that we rescued them from. Bob is named after Bob's Burgers. Bonnie, I don't know why she's named Bonnie, but we had the choice of changing it and she already responded to it. So it didn't seem fair. And then Diesel, the same thing. He was just, I mean, he, we got him at you know, we could have changed it, but it was too cute. Yeah, they all seem like their names, having yes. them in their person. They seem like who they, so it makes sense to me. <laughs> yes. What type of dogs are they? Bob is a Boston Terrier. Let's see. And then Bonnie is a Huskador. So she's Husky and Labrador Retriever. And then Diesel is a Pit Beagle. For some reason, it kind of went over my head that uh, Bonnie is also part Labrador because I don't see it. I see Husky. <laughs> She's all Husky except for the color. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's only She's the got, color. Yeah. And she's got the Husky eyes. She has the Husky eyes, the Husky body, the Husky Coat. fur. It's not right. It's not it's not as long as a husky like it's shorter but she still has that it's almost like a triple coat because I mean we're because she's still shedding like crazy even you know I'm like let's can't can't it all just fall out at once yeah just one day like leaves (laughs) exactly she fluffs as she walks through the house yeah I have one that's shedding right now and I'll walk up behind her and just do the little because the tufts start to come out yes Yes, I as I like pet her, you know, either with my foot or my hand. It's like I have to. I know that at the end of the body, I'm grabbing and and I just make a pile. Yeah, and it's just like tufts everywhere in the house, right? It's just like collecting everywhere. It's constant. It looks like uh, tumbling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can't sweep enough because you turn around and there it is again. So it is, it is. I finished brushing her and then she walks across the house and I see it fluffing like she's pig pen. It's like, oh, seriously. Like I've (laughs) even started brushing her against the growth to get extra. Mm -hmm. And I go sideways. I mean, like I I do everything I can and it's hopeless. Yeah. Like she sneezes. and (laughs) It is. It is. I'm like, can't we just shave you bald? That would be the dream, but then messing up their coat with the double coat, man. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't put her through 
the trauma of an experience like that. I think that would be potentially scary. She's she's a delicate one. Uh, for as much as she's very hardy and been through so much, she's just very yeah. of the world. Well, well, we'll talk about her story a little bit more. How did you end up? We'll start with first with Bonnie. How did you end up with Bonnie? I was, I had a friend that knew we were looking for a dog to be a companion with Bob. So I, she, she got me looking on different sites and things like that. Um, the ones that are out there. And I saw Bonnie's picture and that, you know, those gorgeous blue eyes and the blonde. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. And so I put in a request for her at the same time that I put in a request for Diesel with a totally different rescue and heard back about Diesel really fast. And so I had told, you know, Joseph, whatever dog is the easiest for us to get is supposed to be our dog. And so we got the call back on Diesel and got prepared to pick him up. And then the next day got a call back on Bonnie. And so when you tell a 10 year old that if they're supposed to be easily obtained, they're yours, then you bring them both home. <laughs> yes. Huh? Yes. And actually I do want to speak to that because that's not everyone's experience with rescue either. There's been so many applications that I put in where I don't even hear back from the rescue. So to have two dogs to be responded so quickly to is pretty remarkable. And I think I've kind of wondered if part of it was because of like both rescues had a place where they asked why you wanted the dog and also asked you to describe the living situation. And so I explained the fact that we already had one dog that was a therapy dog and that we wanted other dogs um, or another dog for him to have a companion, but also for our son to have that same sort of, again, sort of that therapy relationship. And also we had just put in like a backyard fence. You know, we live in a nice neighborhood. I was already aware of things like, you know, they wanted to know, I mean, are you going to leave them outside in the weather? Are you going to, if you do leave them outside, what are you going to do? And I had, you know, we had to promise that we had shade, that we would always have water, that they wouldn't be out on their own if we left the house and things like that. And then I also added the fact that I'm a stay-at-home mom because at the time we were also homeschooling. So we were with the dog, whichever dog we adopted, you know, it was upfront that we were going to be spending the time with that dog. We weren't in a situation where we were out of the house 10 hours a day and we would see the dog long enough to feed them and take them out once. And then, you know, we made, I made a point of saying, these are dogs that we really, really want and that we will take care of them as if they were our human children. So you got both of them as basically playmates for Bob. How did you end up with Bob? We ended up with Bob because Marlo Ball, Dr. Marlo at Soma, she and I were friends from a mom and baby group. And so we had kept in touch and she knew that I wanted a dog, a therapy dog for Joseph because of anxiety and things like that. And she had adopted him and he didn't fit with their family because he has separation anxiety and things. And at the time as a puppy, it was really severe. Bob is officially the only dog that she's never been able to crate train because he's, well, because you know, because he's Bob. Yeah. Bob, yeah. Bob is the most neurotic dog yes. <laughs> on the planet. Bob must 
touch a human or lick a human or be aware that the human is nearby about 23 out of 24 hours of the day. And so it didn't work with her, but again, we were homeschooling. So we were always going to be here. And we were even allowed at that time to take him with us. Like when I took Joseph to therapy and stuff. So truly he went, I mean, he was with us at all times. If we left the house, even to, you know, I mean, I wouldn't leave him in the car, but for anything that involved um, Joseph and I leaving the house, Bob went with us because we had wanted him as a therapy dog. And we didn't mind the dinosaur screams as we call them. Yes. Yeah. He is one of the most opinionated, strong-willed dogs. He's just like, hello, here I am. This is what I want. I was like, okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. He's very insistent. He's a better sense of who he is and what he wants than a lot of humans, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> True. So what made you start to, to see that you needed some help with dog training? And how did you find Telltale Dog Training? Well, I found you through Marlowe. And the reason that we brought it up was that one, I had never really grown up around dogs. Like we had had a dog when we were younger, but we weren't taught to take care of the dog or anything. So the dog was just kind of that backyard dog. And so I realized when I had three of them, where two of them were peeing in the house, wherever they wanted to, I was way out of my league and it was not, it was causing problems with the entire dynamics of the household. Like, you know, cause we couldn't, it was with having homeschooling and having the three dogs, it was like having all of a sudden, and it was like giving birth to four kids at once. It was, it was like, okay, oh my God, everybody needs something now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do with it. And I wasn't okay with giving them up because I didn't have the skill set needed, you know, I mean, because we had adopted them under the premise that we were adopting family, right? They were coming into the family. They weren't, it wasn't just like adopting a goldfish that might or might not work out, right? We, I mean, so I knew that for them to be able to stay in the family, we were going to have to figure out something. You can only read about things so much, right? It's kind of a hellscape out there on the internet and trying to find the help that you need because the stuff that comes up first isn't necessarily the stuff that's helpful or scientifically accurate or anything like that. So yeah, it can be a challenge. So I think we've been working together for about a year, year and a half now. What changes did you see after you started training? More consistency, like um, they actually understood what I wanted and Actually, I think probably even it was probably more transformational for me because I started realizing that they were basically humans in furry bodies because, right, I mean, that you have to learn to read their body signals, their timing. My awareness changed. Like, I think being more aware that I had to pay close attention to the subtle body language, things like you know, because like Bonnie will bark for what she wants unless I pay attention and anticipate those needs. And then I realize she's actually, she'll do things like go to the back door silently, which is what I want. But if I'm not paying attention, then she barks, which I don't want. So it's things like that. It's, it's, it, there was a complete mind shift, I think for me. 
Yes. And it is, it, and we'll talk a little bit more about like, you know, you mentioned a house full of needs with, as we get into the, the next episode with the multiple dog in, in, integration, but they are kind of at that two, two and a half year old stage of understanding if we're going to compare kind of to humans and, but Bonnie, I would say is on another level with her intelligence because yep. I've heard of dogs counting before, but I've never experienced it until Bonnie. Cause I would, we did the name game with each dog where we'd say the name, give them a treat to help them learn to be a little bit more patient. And if I forgot Bonnie, oh my goodness, I, she would let me know. She got mad at me last night for oh, that. Really? <laughs> yes, because I changed the way that I gave the treats while we were training. Cause what I did was I did one thing with diesel. Like I did, you know, one thing with the three of them and then I added on to Diesel's, so he got an extra treat for the second thing. And she barked at me like, <laughs> "Hold up, I didn't get that." And I was like, "Wait, Chicky, we're you know, I'm coming back around to you." <laughs> like she was not having it. She's like, mm -mm, "I got one. He gets one." Yeah, yeah. She's really she is like a little hawk. She's paying attention to everything. If you change something and she doesn't understand, she's like, "Mm-mm." Mm -mm. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's wild. Well, so you've been working a lot with your dog, so they know quite a few things now. What are some of the cues that that they know? They know sit, stay down, wait, paw. Like I say paw when I want them to hold up a paw because we do that for wiping their feet when oh. they come in the back from the backyard. Go to place. I mean, they're so so on. What else? Off, they know the word off in particular how it relates to our bed. <laughs> Right. There are times when they're allowed on times when they're not. I don't know if I said come this way. I'm sure there are other Oh, touch. Uh, that's those are the main ones. And there are probably other ones, but quite a bit. Do you have a favorite training cue that you use with them? I think the one that fascinates me the most is weight because I've taken it to the point where not only do they have to, like, I'll put a treat in my hand up high and I'll say, wait, and I'll bring my hand down slowly. And we've extended it to where wait means waiting until I say yes, which means they can have the treat. And so watching that mental process has been fascinating because I know for myself, I'm like, give me the chocolate. Just give me the chocolate. It's already on my level. Why, why am I waiting longer? It, it's little things like that that I'm like, damn, they're smart. They are, they all are in their own different ways. It's very, yeah, it's very unique to see, but yeah, they are all incredibly intelligent. So they are all kind of very different in terms of personality. What parts of each dog's personality do you like the best? Bonnie's intelligence amazes me because she will actually, she actually nods and shakes her, like nods yes and shakes no. And that's something that I didn't teach her which I'm like, yes, you're right. You're beautiful. <laughs> and she'll not. Yes. Do you want this? Yes. Okay, fine. Would you like to go out? Well, okay then. <laughs> no, Bob, probably just Bob's undying love. You know, I mean, like he's maybe, uh, okay, two for him are equal. Um, one, because he's like the rule enforcer right? Like if the other two are doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, he'll come and get me and he tattles, which just, it's my favorite because it cracks me up. But the undying love, his need to show love that, you know, he does like the drive-by lick mm -hmm. and stuff. It's like, just wanted to let you know, I love you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on my way over here, but I love you. 
and diesel he's so mellow like he he's a love sponge or we also i also call him a love whore (laughs) but he loves to be he loves to be held and cuddled and he'll actually come to us for kisses and hugs they all I remember too is like they just all look very intently at you but they all want different things like Bonnie's like can I work for you and Diesel's like can I can I um just appreciate you and Bob is like can I love you (laughs) yes 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 it's like being the emotional regulator for a psych ward everyone has big needs how do we manage them (laughs) yes well what are some of the things that you're still working on with them leash manners they really don't know what to do with themselves which means I obviously really don't know what to do with myself because they're not doing anything wrong they're just doing what dogs would do right it's like they're walking they're sniffing they're doing their thing and they arrive at the end of the tether Mm -hmm. and that's not allowed because the sniff they wanted was a little bit farther so I think it's I mean it's mainly mainly that because we've finally managed to get them to like I can redirect them from barking at strangers out of the window and things like that most of the time which is a pretty big deal to be able to do that with three dogs especially three dogs that are very intent on their task at hand that is a that's awesome they take it very um seriously that they need to let us know that the guy down the street that's grouchy is has dared you know to come out of the house or arrive home oh yeah the worst (laughs) neighbors we don't know him but we don't like him yeah (laughs) well Renee that was all the questions I had about kind of introducing the dogs we're going to do this as the client spotlight was there anything you wanted to add for this part we would not have Bonnie now if it wasn't for you yeah and she's she's special to you and I know how much work you put into her too yes yes and we've I mean, she deserves, you know, she, she deserved the, she deserves the extra time. I mean, you know, I always like at the hardest, I mean, you just have to kind of remind yourself, you adopt them as if they're humans. You're not right. These are not disposable. No, not at all. And so, I mean, had I adopted a human child with trauma, I wouldn't have given that child back. So yeah. And she has a lot of trauma, right? Yeah. We didn't really touch on where she came from, um, but, but she comes from a pretty challenging situation. Do you want to share some of that? Sure. I mean, just all that we know is that she was feral, um, that she was paired up with another dog in Hot Springs, but they were wild and, you know, on their own. I don't know exactly how long she was feral but she was I mean when we got her and she had already been fostered for a few months and had gained weight and she was still considerably underweight when we got her and she was terrified of men and now she seeks dawn out Mm -hmm. for cuddle time and you know I mean and we don't like I said we don't exactly know we know that some at some point around the time of rescue her ear was torn she had a hard time healing from her surgery Uh, like they had she ripped somehow managed to rip the stitches open and so they had to go back in and like I said she just she wouldn't even come into the house if she could sense that Dawn was in the house 
Like he had to hide. And Don's your husband. I want to add that Joseph is your son. And I just want to also point out Don worked so hard to win over Bonnie in such a gentle way. And I remember being struck by that because he's just like, you know, he just was willing to put in that work to build that relationship with her and show her on her terms that he could be trusted. Yes. Yes. And he makes he makes a point now too of seeking her out through the day to sort of reinforce that bonding and stuff because she I mean she's the one she's the one most likely to irritate him because of the bark we know the bark is enough to say because she has that it's that pitch and it echoes and it's insistent and if she's decided she wants something she won't back down until she gets it or I mean it's she's more difficult to redirect but he still seeks her, you know, like I said, he'll take the time to seek her out so that she can, so that he has one-on-one really quiet time. He talks to her slowly and quietly. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do anything that would possibly come across as aggressive mm-hmm. and stuff. Like he's the one that kept working with her until she started playing, you know, cause at first, you know, I don't know, people probably don't realize that, but feral dogs have no reason to play. And so when you adopt dogs that have been feral, they don't know what to do with a ball. They just don't. And she wouldn't play. You could tell she wanted to play, but she wouldn't play if the other dogs were outside. And he's the one that's, you know, really took the time to help her come out of her shell with that. Yeah. And that's, that's really beautiful. Cause I, it's hard sometimes to have patience with a dog that's just like, ah, go away from me. It can be really hard. And I know sometimes people adopt a dog and expect like instant love and gratification and a dog that's just so eager to please. And Bonnie wasn't any of that. She's just like, no, thank you. Leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All she, she only wanted to be with me. I mean, you know, she bonded, she seemed to bond with me instantly. Like, you know, when I went to pick her up, um, she immediately went under my chair and went to sleep. She had never met me, you know, never seen me before and was immediately at peace. But it has taken, I mean, it has taken the rest of this time to where like now she's seeking out Joseph too. Like she's actually slept with him a few nights on, you know, her choice. Like we leave the door open and she goes in on her own. That's which cool. is sweet yes yeah because I know Joseph just really wanted her to love him right that yes he really needed from her oh yes nice to hear it's interesting that I find we have found that if she's allowed to sleep with me like once a week once or twice a week her personality is calmer she needs home base with mama just like a little kid and so Dawn has actually it's funny we've just kind of somehow stumbled into it where like like one night the dogs will sleep with me. He gives up his side of the bed. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like me, you know, it's like mom and the kids and Bonnie seems to, she needs that reassurance, I think. Oh, that is really sweet. And do you know anything about where Diesel came from and his backstory? The only thing we know is that he was a, what do they call that? When, um, when someone Oh, a surrender, like his litter was surrendered. And then I know that he was with a foster, but I don't know. We got him from, oh, what is the pit rescue out of the ashes? And so 
wherever whoever his foster was we don't know that his little paws had ever been on anything other than carpet because they still had that baby baby soft paw when we got him so he was whoever had him had taken you know had taken pretty good care of him and stuff because he was sweet from day one yeah, he's just a really chill, calm, easygoing dog. And he sometimes pits can struggle with over arousal just from, you know, their history and what they're, they're, they're bred to like take originally take down, you know, bulls. So yeah. it can vary. Yeah. I need to, I need to get you the book and go over that, but I'm not seeing any of those kind of traits in diesel at all. He's just a super calm, chill dude. Who's just happy to, to see you happy to be here. <laughs> He is until, unless there's some sort of a line between that he draws for Bonnie, but it's, I mean, he's still really mellow, but it's funny to watch them because, you know, they'll nitpick at each other, just like siblings. Mm -hmm. And then, but then, you know, sometimes she'll push too far and you can see because, and the way that he snarls changes mm -hmm. to one of anger and she backs off. Which is just, but up, but yeah, no. Otherwise, mm -mm. I mean, he'll still get the umizumis every once in a while, but not very often. He usually kind of looks at her when she's doing it, like, "God, what's wrong with you?" Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "I'm tired watching you." Yeah, that's very much like husky versus pit too. It's like pits have a little bit of energy, and huskies have a lot of energy. <laughs> yes, he's yes, he would happily nap in a lap all day. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do the sign off. And then I have a question for you at the end. Okay. And we'll go from there. This has been Telltale Dog, the podcast with your host, Elizabeth Silverstein, certified dog trainer in central Arkansas and guest today, Renee. Music has been provided by Jim Chiago of Seven Second Chance. Find more of his work on iTunes and Spotify and stick around for after the music for some final advice from Renee. Renee, before we sign off completely, do you have advice for any other dog owners when they're considering training? Find a dog trainer that one is um, focused on positive reinforcement and not on discipline because behavior is a symptom of an underlying antecedent or a problem per se, you could call it a problem make sure that the trainer is truly using scientific methods, like that the information that that trainer has is scientific, that it's up to date and that it's going to help the relationship between you and your dog and not harm that relationship and not harm that dog.